Chapter Seven of Zauberlinda the Wise Witch. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Carol Fullerton Samsell at CloneSofLangston.com. Zauberlinda the Wise Witch by Ava Catherine Gibson. Chapter Seven. Annie is taken to the Gnome King's palace. Annie dragged Silvertip, who still lay in a fit, to the edge of the creek and stood looking at him and wringing her hands. Oh, poor Silvertip, she cried. Don't you die and leave me alone. Then there was a rush of wings and she saw that the three friendly water wagtails had come back and one of them had brought in its beak a sprig of catnip and hopping up to the fainting cat, held it close to his nose. Another one of them flirted water into Silvertip's face from the creek with its wings, while the third flew around her head, chirping these words. Hush your crying, Annie, dear. Your cat is only faint from fear. But as soon as he revives, run, oh, run, for both your lives. Run and pause not on your way. The Gnome King walks abroad today. Annie turned to where a minute before the prairie dog had stood. There was nothing there but a big bumblebee sucking the honey from a blue flag flower. The prairie dog had vanished, and strangest of all, the hole in the ground, out of which he had so mysteriously popped, was gone too. This last discovery settled it all in Annie's mind. She knew now that she had been talking with a bean from fairyland, for where was there ever a common prairie dog or gopher that could vanish in such a manner? Then she remembered Pete's stories about how the Gnome King coaxed little children down into his dim underworld sometimes and kept them there, away from parents and friends for years and years. She picked up her cat, which had revived a little, and ran as fast as she could. As she ran, she saw a little way ahead of her and out of her path a bunch of the tallest, reddest lilies she had ever seen in all her life. They were moving in the wind, and frightened though she was, Annie, in spite of the water wagtail's warning, stopped to gather them. With her eyes upon the beautiful red flowers, Annie did not see that her feet were nearing what looked like a big rabbit hole until she was right on the edge of it. Then it was too late. Just as she would have jumped over it, a great big gust of wind came up out of it. In another minute, she felt the wind lift her off her feet, and she was set down, down, what seemed to her miles, under the ground. She tried to scream, but the roaring wind took her breath away. In despair, and with a last loving thought of her dear father and grandmother, and Pete, the little girl closed her eyes and gave herself up for lost. Annie never knew how long she had been unconscious, but she was awakened by a tinkling sound, as of water running over stones. She opened her eyes and looked wonderingly about her. She was lying on a bed of dry moss in what seemed to be a large cave. It looked much like the description Annie had heard Professor Phineas Pratt give of Wind Cave, which was not very far from her home. It was cool down there, and the light was dim, but she could see long, glittering things hanging from the lofty roof overhead, where tiny lights gleamed here and there like stars. A little brook ran close beside her, 
feeling dizzy and queer she arose and went to get a drink of water from it as she stopped something touched her on the right shoulder and looking up she saw at her side the queerest quaintest looking man she had ever seen or fancied even in her dreams he was dressed in brown with an odd peaked cap on his head which looked much too big for his body which was about the size of a three-year-old child he carried a big hammer in one hand and the handle was beautifully carved and the hammer part glistened like burnished copper oh where am i cried little annie and who are you where is that dreadful prairie dog i have felt so funny ever since he made those queer red marks on my wrists that i really don't know if i am myself or somebody else i used to be annie mclean but now i feel just like one of those enchanted princesses pete used to tell me about the queer little man seemed dumb for he would not answer her in words but put his finger on his lips then pointed to the wall something dark and soft hung on it by a golden nail everything was gold and silver about the place annie felt of it it was a prairie dog skin she looked at the little man who never smiled or moved a muscle of his face then she sank again in the moss overcome for she saw that she had been carried off down here through the magic arts of the gnome king who had her in his power now he had worn the animal skin as a disguise it was a dreadful shock to her she was overcome with loneliness and fright she felt she must scream and cry out but just then something soft touched her it was silvertip licking her hand this little touch of sympathy comforted her wonderfully she caught her faithful cat in her arms and covered him with kisses oh my poor cat cried annie we must help and comfort each other meow meow said silvertip End of chapter 7